0: You are listening to the Fantasy Joes podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now,
1: here are the Joes: Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. Hey, welcome! It is the Patreon Joes. It's just Jake and myself, Will, here today with a little bit of noodling in the background. Uh, he's got some. He's got some hot takes on what he believes for dynasty rankings of wide receivers running backs i don't know if we'll dive too much into tight ends today or quarterbacks the quarterback landscape and the way that's that's going to work moving into next year is going to be fascinating especially with the way that this uh class is shaping out coming in as rookies we're not going to have you know the the opportunity i think to draft uh almost get these guys guaranteed to get a good starting shot uh in the or um, i shouldn't say guaranteed to get a starting shot because any first round quarterbacks probably gonna get a shot at some point unless your name uh, is Drew L- not? Nope, 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 nope. The guy from UCLA who was drafted by the Cardinals and then the next year they drafted Kyler Murray. I've already forgotten his name.
0: Anyway. What an introduction. That uh, we, we started off <laughs> hot knew. and
1: then we went <laughs> on a ramble. <laughs> this, is why, this is why Ryan is the host. Absolutely.
0: Jake, what's, uh, a-
1: what's your biggest piece of advice right now this very second? <laughs>
0: an absolute panic um i, I got nothing
1: um but can i look at your uh, looking at your dynasty water super rankings that he was updating right before we were chatting about i think it's a uh, still try to acquire Elijah more and be okay with paying a little bit more there was a big discussion on our uh, patreon shows chat into the patreon show but i think still interesting to talk about was elijah Moore versus deontay johnson and my initial gut reaction was i think johnson johnson's really good and i I, I mean, I just kind of like the Steelers' passing game better moving forward as a whole because I don't think Big Ben will be back, and I would be willing to gamble that that's going to rise. And again, like T is just he's shown us so much and how good he is. But then the more you kind of look at Elijah Moore and his age and upside, I'm leaning right now more heavily to the Elijah Moore side.
0: But yeah, it's, it's I've flip flopped.
1: It's it's this is just like a couple days thought process.
0: For me in that discussion, it's. Pretty much a matter of age. Um, I definitely love Deontay, John- Deontay Johnson as a player. Um, he is just a target monster, right? And targets are earned. um Clearly, he is a special talent, and that's why he is getting the ball that much. Like um, I want to almost compare him to Antonio Brown, right? Like just his route running and the way um, he was almost a nobody coming into the draft. Obviously, the um, Pittsburgh gave him d- decent draft capital, but I I knew nothing about him coming in, and he is a blown my expectations like it's funny because at the time it was a b and juju as so the one two of like not yeah. necessarily the future but yeah. like, of, of the league at that point um and then now it's deontay and claypool which is just like a pretty dramatic like flip you wouldn't you probably wouldn't have expected it at that time um yeah so i love deontay yeah. johnson i think pittsburgh is due for a like a quarterback. He, fuck there's no chance Big Ben is the like, QB next year right like there has there's guaranteed improvement from Big Ben of this year and like I don't know how that's possible otherwise um and that has to help Deontay um I think it's Deontay and Claypool show with uh, a bit of moose going forward so we have no problem with Deontay if you're win now I like I understand it but Elijah Moore is showing right now that he's quarterback proof like the guy is barely not even 22 years old now yet and like he's he is a he's a phenom right You're you're talking a three year age gap and in dynasty, like both these guys have a very long career ahead of them. But three years is three years, so like I'm gonna I'm just gonna take that age and it's close to four years. Yeah, exactly. And the really hard part for me about this deal is that the the advice of go acquire Elijah Moore. Everybody who has Elijah Moore is not selling him like cheap. Even like a buy high has to be pretty like extremely high, especially now that he's flashed. So. It's a, it's a really tough piece of advice to give, especially because a lot of those owners have already bought high or like they... If you have Elijah Moore right now, you love Elijah Moore. Like, like the yeah, owner, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And like, it's, so. kind of
1: be, it's kind of beating, beating a de- or like kicking a dead horse or whatever because we talk yeah. about Elijah Moore a lot. But that was just as a big... To me, where you have Elijah Moore is signaling that there still hasn't been... And what his... I've seen trades where we even talked about the Giante Johnson Elijah Moore trade and the amount of discussion that prompted... To me, that that indicates that his price still isn't where, you know, like you can still comfortably buy high on where he is. That's but again, it's, you know, know, your league and everybody it, it, like this isn't the first time you've heard somebody say buy a Yeah, anymore. like if you're uh, it's everywhere. So, I, I, yeah, that topic is probably. probably no. You,
0: you asked me what my number one piece of advice right now is, and I've said it in multiple shows, but it's like it is it is my number one piece of advice just at all times, I think, for fantasy at the moment. Don't make trades to win a championship, make trades to build a dynasty, right? Like if you have a Cooper cup, even if you are content, like if you can, if you feel like you can win a championship without cup type of thing, or if you are a middling team, don't just go all in and try to get it, like try to play your cards with cup. If you can flip cup for more and you're getting a seven year age difference, and maybe that guy is willing to make that trade because he thinks that's, that is the missing piece for his championship. I'm looking for that missing piece for my dynasty, right? So, if I'm going to have Elijah Moore for seven plus more years, then I think this guy right now, he is my uh, my wide receiver 10 overall. And that, I don't think that's the ceiling per se. Like, I just think that's where he is right now. So, well, and like, I, think, I, you could get, an I think you
1: could get Elijah Moore in like an older piece for Cooper Cup.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, get a piece that can still get you points right now, like a uh, Mike Williams or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Somebody, it. It, yeah. Look for Todd Lockett's a really good one because. It, it's just productions Russell Wilson's looked broken since yeah, he's returned uh, and, like, it,
0: yeah I love that I, I love is that is advice of target. getting getting another guy involved in that and like you're just you're just making a lateral move but you're also getting this young piece on top like a like a first round but not Elijah Moore like that's what we're talking about now but if it's a 2023 early first I think it could be you could like the exact same advice applies
1: yeah, and if you're if you're trading future out in a year, uh, Cooper Cup's going to be a year older. Then you can't assume that Cooper Cup's going to blow up like he did this season, next season the exact same way. I mean, he was on a historic pace, uh, and it's really it's really tailed off. And we might have missed the window to sell high, but some people are still riding. You know, they'll look at the the total fantasy points scored, they'll sort the list by that, and they'll make their decisions based on what they think they need now for a championship. Uh, another guy that I think that you could look at moving on from maybe after this week but uh and i have a little bit harder because he's not too old yet but uh you know like a james Conner, james Conner isn't going to be your championship riding piece i mean he could be a good part of it but if somebody is missing a running back and is down a running back maybe you can you know kind of move into a deal like that where then you have you're starting somebody that might not be the exact production of what james Conner has but it's close
0: yeah like like i said we're updating. i'm updating all my rankings which was a uh, very very due because like I feel like it's been since week two or something since I have done it. But James Conner, I moved up my rankings obviously like because I had him not not super high, um, and he has outperformed expectations through the season. I wasn't moving him crazy high because like it's, he's still twenty six point like more and a half years old. Like he's going to be twenty seven with the biggest injury history of anyone at the running back position, and they Arizona could easily um acquire that position at um in this offseason and just not resign him right like he it was a one year deal so right yeah, now he's a, my r b 39 like that's nothing of relevance but if you can sell him now for anything just based on people going for that championship like I would do it. Like yeah because
1: his his future and again I don't I would be surprised if the Cardinals signed him to a longer deal. I mean he signed a one year prove it deal and has proved yeah. it. So like he, yeah you, you what, have a second in your be- pocket
0: and the second the trade deadline passes it's your that value is going like straight down the hill like you have to cash that in before your trade deadline passes because he's, he's gonna not be the a guy
1: yeah he's going to be a very he's one of those players where it's going to be a very frustrating piece to have on your team this offseason uh it's his a, trade value isn't going to be high enough for what his production could be but he's going to be taking up a roster spot on what on, i mean if a lot of times i feel like roster spots aren't as valuable as people say depending on how deep your league is but uh, it definitely, he's just, you know, if you want to move and shake in the offseason, James Conner isn't a mover or shaker.
0: Yeah, wh- one trend I noticed when I was doing my rankings is those injured running backs that I injured in the early offseason or mid-offseason this year, the ETNs, Dobbins, Akers, who dropped in the rankings pretty dramatically um, in the offseason because you knew you weren't getting like 17 weeks of production like, right off the bat. And that obviously is going to hurt a player's value we're at the point in the season now where it's it's week 13 like and what running back hasn't got injured right like this is the this is the norm for everybody so these guys have moved up dramatically for me um i have dobbins acres and Etienne back into like back end rb1 territory and passing the other guys because again they're way more multiple years younger they have elite profiles and just because they lost a year doesn't mean that their career is going to be lost like if there's if if owners who have somehow scraped through this, had these injuries, somehow scraped through the season and are looking for that piece to get, get win that championship and like get by, I'd acquire I'd acqu- I would still acquire these injured guys now because um I don't think the market has come to terms with the boost in value they're they're obviously gonna get the second that they're healthy or the second the offseason hits.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with uh, basically all of that. One player that is definitely scaring me from the my opinion about him at the beginning of the season, and it is because he got a little bit banged up, but Miles Sanders is not producing is what I was hoping for is that young running back uh, who is electric, but he has had some the fumbling issues have resurfaced this year. And I wonder if that is because of a lack of, you know, reps and playing time because of his injury, but the fantasy production just isn't there. I mean, he's a plug and play in your lineup when he's on your team for the most part, but it's not like a fun start. And we don't have high expectations of what he's going to provide for you. I'm trying but, to pull uh, up the... again. I've also we've talked about Miles Sanders probably far, far too much. Uh, one dynasty right, uh, running back that you have that I've been reading a lot of hype about is Michael Carter for the Jets. Uh, Carter's young, he's starting to get more and more involvement in that backfield. This last game, I feel like I didn't see him a lot, um, but bef- the sample size, like right before that, uh, he was definitely trending up, and people were talking about moving future first for, for Michael Carter you have him down he's just outside of that you know that running back to tier or not tier let's just say running back to count uh and down in tier seven which tier seven isn't a bad place to be and being you know having him 26th overall isn't like a terrible place but i definitely would guess that you are a lot lower than on him than the rest of the dynasty community
0: Um, i would like to compare real quick let me see if i can pull it up um yeah, it's not, definitely not a hate for Michael Carter at all. Still very young. Um, lack the draft capital going in as a early fourth round pick. So could they address the position in the offseason? I wouldn't be surprised at all if they rode, if Michael Carter and maybe Ch- Ty Johnson through next year, because clearly they have many, many other needs. Um,
1: yeah, and, and I have DLF right up in front of me too, and they have him at 27. So here she went spot higher. I might just be wrong about RB what the general yeah. consensus was. So... Uh, I was looking at – so I have the Superflex rankings pulled up, the top 250. Yep. Um, but I, it's also like when – got to look at when these people updated it. Like somebody hasn't updated it since November 3rd, so that Michael Carter ranking is going to be a lot lower. If Michael uh, Carter at,
0: blows up for like for the next few weeks, like end of season, obviously I think he's injured at the moment. But if he continues um, the pace he has in the last few weeks before he got injured, um, yeah, he'll probably continue to see an increase. But like you said, like the running back landscape is – not terrible at the moment where he, he might be at 26 but he's behind pretty solid solid guys like i got aaron jones at 20 david montgomery at 21 Zika at 22 sanders um right by him to, uh, tony pollard james connor and then michael carter i feel like michael carter versus james robinson or even a tony pollard is is pretty fair because i feel like we've seen we've obviously seen more out of the other two at this point and we're still projecting carter i would just want to see if the end of season what he can do yeah i
1: think again it's going to be one of those until the nfl draft happens and we see how the jets shake out it's going to be another one of those pieces that could be a frustrating roster. but one guy
0: i am moving up my rankings um, quite fast is elijah mitchell who um was similar to michael carter coming out where he didn't have the draft capital he, he went way later in drafts in rookie drafts um but all he has done is so, like get the opportunity time in and time out he gets injured and he comes back and he gets more opportunity than he had previously so the team is just showing that they, they they believe in him and he is he's doing fantastic and he has the profile where even though he was a six six round pick i believe his like athletic measurables are there like he everything shows that this guy can be good and, and the tape is showing that he's good so i'm uh i'm buying it like i don't necessarily think that um they're going to sh- Invest early in the drafts come the off season, where it's definitely possible that he could get uh, Travis Etienne um, this offseason. But I just I'd think be, I'd be really surprised. Me too, just based on all the injuries that have happened this year, um, with him and others, and they just continue to go back and trust him. So, and I he has, he has that. started to get more passing game work. I, I, I agree. That was so, one of my
1: biggest gripes, and they've just even you know what I mean. It's a one week small sample size, but his involvement is increased.
0: Yeah, so, and basically a transition to Trey Lance can be in his benefit as well. So he's a guy that I'm willing to acquire, even if it is like a, I don't want to pay a LA late first because I think that's like, that's a good price to like a fair price. Like I would consider selling for that, and I want to I want to win trades a lot of the time. Um, but if there's a guy like who's a good example, like if I could trade Josh Jacobs for Elijah Mitchell, I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, Cram, I struggle Cram with Jacobs
1: Hodge. a lot uh because i want to like josh jacobs more than what he provides in happiness for me
0: (laughs) i am shocked that he was he's only 23.8 years old and obviously we have seen a lot in his career in terms of um volume stats but he could easily go somewhere that um lacks and it's competent rb1 right like we see it every year where guys like mark ingrams get starting roles and i feel like josh jacobs could josh jacobs could easily be that uh Career guy that he just goes from team to team and gets RB one, RB two usage, and even though he's not the greatest guy, he gets the opportunity. So,
1: yeah, uh, I could see. I i think one of the interesting landing spots this off season for a running back is going to be the Seahawks, because uh, yeah, Carson is, is old and aging out and, uh, and hurt. Injury, and I, like, I feel like they're. I feel and I, yeah. And you watch the way the Seahawks. it's It's. That's also a big part of why their offense has suffered is because they don't have a running back to replace him, and it's really, really hurt their whole offensive mojo and swing and, and their uh, rhythm and getting into a you know good play action passing or being. Any changes it's, though? It's yeah, the Seahawks are going to be a complete mess this offseason. Like it's going to no, be no
0: for a so second. fun to watch. Russell Wilson's yeah. going to be angry. Pete Carroll's like eighty years old. Like it's going to be a. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be fun for a NFL offseason to follow, track and follow because um, you have to think. We've mentioned it in the, on the pod: Russell Wilson or P. Carroll are gone this coming this offseason, and that's obviously I, I, speculation. I, I'm but, agree with that. Yeah, like the te- the and the team has been awful, and they don't they don't have their first round pick, and I think it's going to be higher than the Jets this year potentially. So it's just yeah, they're yeah. they're exactly yeah, and, what you do not want to be. And, and
1: it, it kind of stinks. Uh, for their way they're going to shake it up. And if they do lose Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett's locked in there. His contract is untradeable and unavoidable. I mean, I guess I should say untradeable because things have happened, but that is really, that contract is massive and it's weighted in a way, according, according to Track was I looked at it the last time, that they can't get out of it. Metcalf's going to be there because he's cheap and on his rookie deal. So now if, uh, you know, your best case scenario, and as a Vikings fan, of course, best case scenario, somehow they work out a little Kirk Cousins for Russell Wilson swap. Let's go. We'll even take I- P. Carroll.
0: I do not uh, know what pod I heard the song, but I it was giving credit to it to another pod. I want to say it was the, around the NFL podcast um, that they, they mentioned the proposal of Zach Wilson and the Seahawks first round pick for Russell Wilson, and who says no? After, yeah, like, I mean, that, like who does say no there? Like,
1: yeah, they could talk, that, that that would uh,
0: that be Seahawks very interesting. Answer thread. with a young quarterback who have who still has. Um, like a very high ceiling potentially. I would think that a lot of NFL front offices viewed him as a top five pick last year. Maybe not the number two overall pick, but lots of NFL front offices guaranteed like Zach Wilson. Like that's not a far-fetched statement. Um, And then you, you add on a top five pick where I don't have to um, pay quarterback right now. I can add another um, position to my roster. If you're the Seahawks and you get a guy who's already disgruntled out of the building, Uh, like, I and then you're, you're coming from the Jets' perspective. You got a Hall of Fame QB in the building, which you haven't had since I want to say like Joe Namath. Like, um, I mean, Brett, not, Brett they're not no to that. Well, there, like, there you go. But I don't think he was a Hall of Fame caliber <laughs> quarterback that year for the Jets. But
1: it's hard to. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick should go into the Hall of Fame. Is one of the most electric fantasy assets ever. uh, uh, uh For electric journeyman yeah well electric journeyman who puts up you ma-
0: like, oh, gets, imagine gets that his fantasy stats I
1: mean Devontae Parker's one good year came with
0: Fitzpatrick at the helm for Can the you imagine part. that hall of fame bust it'd be the hall of fame of hall of fame busts
1: yeah he would definitely have to have some chest hair popping out you know oh my god like,
0: that would be fantastic for sure uh
1: and I feel like all bronze busts always come out as uniquely hilarious uh, yeah, so if they're you've pretty, seen they're pretty and all brilliant. those,
0: that's one of the Yeah, best that ever. one's, yeah, that's famous for sure. Yeah. For being just absolutely ridiculous.
1: You <laughs> took a picture with it. I guess he's pretty nice about it. Yeah. Um And I think that uh, we're speaking, because we're kind of jumping around here, but that's what this, this is always going to be. There's a page uh, junket show. We're good. Yeah. And and we haven't recorded. And I think at this time of the year, you know where your team is. There's, this is also, a, you can get content overload. So I like to take a break. And just kind of reset and start to talk about again, like long term dynasty stuff as we move towards the off season. Because once you get into in season moves and like making win now moves, you can judge and find information of what players to acquire. I think relatively easily. There's not like a ton of like you're not going to like sneakily get a value on somebody right now, in my opinion. You know, well, you're actually, not going out there think, to acquire. uh oh, What's it like Miles my, uh, Gaskin or something? You know, there's, there's, but we talked about it.
0: If you can transition from a high valued veteran to a lower valued veteran and get a premier asset in like a young stud or, or a twenty twenty-three first first or something along those lines. I love that transition where you're still making, you're still standing wing now and you're making moves for now and the future, because if anything, we have learned that you need depth, right? Like there's, this is how unpredictable has the season been where it's just injury after injury at not like, it's not just running back positions. It's pretty much everywhere. And it's not even just injuries; it's guys like taking leaves and stuff like that, right? Like it's,
1: yeah. The one, the one sneaky asset I think to acquire that could be acquired very, very cheaply, and this is just the rest of the season move, and it's a gamble, but you want it to pay much is Amir Abdullah. I is he even playing? Like I haven't heard his name. He's and... he's on the Panthers. Uh and he okay. was he was getting some snaps even when McCaffrey was healthy he was looking at a lot more electric than what Hubbard did when he was in they've cut Royce Freeman. Who's now on the Texans. Yeah. Uh, I think that could be a nice little, a nice little sneaky ad. Uh, the other one is I didn't even realize I didn't notice this transaction happened in the NFL until I was looking at the live game updates for the dolphins game. Is that uh, Philip Lindsay is on the dolphins. I, I, yeah. I when, when did that happen?
0: <laughs> um, I didn't necessarily see him getting added, but I saw I saw that he got cut, and then recently when I was looking at free agents and drafts uh, in my leagues, anyways, you can imagine that Philip Lindsay was was available in many leagues, so I, I did notice it there.
1: I'm still just a big fan says, of the person Philip Lindsay, so I want him to do well. And this is just a fantasy; it's fantasy wish casting. But
0: uh, I've been relevant lately. Of late, like he's got 20 points. I want to say three of the last four weeks or something along those lines. So. I wouldn't be shocked to see that continue because the dolphins have actually looked pretty good. Not just, um, like Tua has been accurate, but the defense has been playing it like lights out. So I would yeah, the, totally see them leaning on this run game. like RB 14 right now in the season. Uh, I couldn't get a second yeah. round pick for him earlier, in, earlier this year. Second, I traded traded him away, which I've been, I was the last, last pick team in a best ball. So I've been trying to get rid of him because him being good was almost hurting me. Um, i i got a, i got a second round pick out of him by adding jeff bolson and cj uzoma on the deal so not and those
1: a are both team great baseball assets
0: yeah by, exactly. great great in quotes
1: him. great great in quotes like
0: yeah
1: they're no, great like i had, the rest like of like the I had season, to add to him
0: them. to get to get a second out of somebody and now he's going to put in 20 point weeks and i just love to see it because it's like i like rewarding the guy who finally Want to get a deal done but
1: yeah and if you don't want points and you want a higher draft pick that's exactly it's a win-win it's
0: yeah because you can't really to tank in best
1: ball uh the same way you could tank in a regular
0: season yeah and i and it's the exact same league i was trying to trade K- um Kaysom hill to pretty much anyone who would, who would want him and i finally got an offer of Devonte parker and i actually like Devonte parker for like a decent acquisition this year he's every time he's been on the field he's getting i want to say a minimum seven targets and like upwards to eleven. And like I said, the Dolphins have been improving. I want to say him returning to the offense isn't going to be isn't a, not playing a role in that. So
1: yeah, in in the in a redirect perspective, I've picked up Devontae Parker and dropped him several times because it's like but, he's going to play, he's going to play. I want him not yeah. playing, not playing. IR no.
0: So I love to see Taysom last night having a bad game in general, but having a good game in fantasy because I checked and he got. Um, the man I want to say 23 points or something along those lines so
1: yeah he threw a pick he did, six he did, he did and the then job. threw a 70 yard bomb
0: yeah he, and he had like 100 yards bomb. on the ground he he did the, the t- his job as Taysom Hill right so
1: it was a, it was a Taysom Hill game
0: <laughs> and hopefully I can Devonta Parker can show that he gets like if he gets another seven eight nine targets this week hopefully I can flip him for a little bit more than I would have got for Taysom Hill because like I said I didn't get a single offer otherwise so it's hard cuz you have to know your leagues cuz we always say like you want to pivot to these young assets and win dynasty but if if you're a league like 10 other owners feel the exact same way and all play a similar style maybe the value is pivoting and acquiring those old guys and um like taking the hit whenever the time comes that they they did leave or you you know what i mean like
1: yeah you kind of i mean and as we go through and we're talking about your ranks, I really appreciate that you do these because they do take a lot of time, but I think it's such a good practice to put together your own ranks or at least start to, because uh, then, because then you just think it, it's top of mind and you think about it, maybe it's an off season when you do it and then you can adjust a few times during the season. Cause it gets busy, especially with people who are listening to this podcast on the Patreon show. We're, 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 you know, we're dynasty junkies, uh, and everybody has a lot of leagues. And so, going through and setting all the starting lineups, sometimes you just don't have the time to go through and rank. But it's a good discussion. Uh, the Jalen Waddle into a connection has been electric. I really like the way Jalen Waddle playing. playing. Uh, he has been a great asset that team. They still probably overpaid for him in the draft. I think overall, but uh, he's kind of showing everything that we wanted him to show coming out of you know uh, seeing his explosiveness return and what he offers on the field because his last year at Alabama he was hurt. Um, would well, you rather have
0: Jalen Waddle or Deontay Johnson. I
1: would take Waddle.
0: Yeah, I, I have them side by side, exact same tier, but I, I have Waddle one spot ahead. Two and a half year age difference, not a dramatic um, deal. Both target hogs they are both very similar players. Um, but just, I'd like the fact that um, the option to deal with Waddle has got this year, um, that early first round pick, they they put so much into that draft pick, like giving a future first as well, and it, into, that's almost into Tua as well. That I would expect next year, the exact same opportunity is going to be this, like nothing's changing, right? So,
1: yeah, I think Waddles is, is a hard acquire right now because he's producing like you know top twelve fantasy weeks still, uh, as you know, and like that that's it's it's almost you know he doesn't have like the Elijah Moore like go out and buy now hype. Uh, I think because people think Waddle will be too expensive compared to Moore. Would you take Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddle? I know based on your rankings, what the answer is. Yeah. I think. I w- I, see, I think I would take Waddle over Moore.
0: I liked Moore um, quite a bit more um, coming into the season in <laughs> rookie drafts. I feel like we've done that by accident a few times already, but um, yeah, just, I liked him more as a prospect. I was worried that Waddle, there was a chance that he could be a John Ross type guy. Um, Darius Hayward Bay type guy, like we saw that archetype fail many times. Um, early first round picks. So I like I had my worries where Elijah Moore, like I was all in on. Um, and I bit of confirmation by it, et cetera et cetera. Like I ignored some of like the risks of the Jets offense and things like that because I was just so in love with the player. Um, so that like that still holds true for me where I just think he is a better prospect and waddle might be succeeding right now because he's getting all like so much opportunity not necessarily because he is like just far and above the best talent right so and, and like at least i'm not sure i'm not 100 percent convinced uh, that's like he's getting that because of the talent or just because of first round draft capital or not where more i feel like he is quarterback proof at the moment like he is doing it with mike white he's doing it with joe flacco um like he's He's been um, the worst with Zach Wilson so far, which like I feel like that ship will will get right soon. So um, yeah, I just I I like Elijah more now and career wise. So I have I have them like they're close to each other. They're they're six spots away from each other, but they're yeah, that, and they're the same tier. tier so... there. no, they're they're a different tier. Um, and
1: you have them both the in tier decent.
0: four. Nope, I have Jalen anyway, Waddle on tier five. Oh, I guess I maybe I haven't updated the the spreadsheet, but regardless. That one,
1: unimportant between, but it's yeah, he's on the he's a cusper,
0: yeah. Uh, but like the 16 is great, that's above guys like Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, T Higgins, Claypool, AU, Cooper, Allen. Like, I've like great talents in the league, so that's not a a slight on Waddle in the slightest. Um, he's like early season Jarvis Landry, Landry right now with the opportunity. Like, if you're in a PPR league, like you are loving him right now, so.
1: Yeah, and you got him probably out a value from where he was going in drafts.
0: He I just don't like what like Jarvis Landry's career turned into per se, even though he had like five like I d I don't doubt that Waddle's gonna have a good career type of thing. Like that's not the, the he's he's wide receiver sixteen, you know what I mean? Like we we like Jalen yeah. Waddle over here. The
1: big the biggest part with Jalen Waddle as you talk about the pre-draft evaluation is Paul Perdokizi from the Saturday to Sunday podcast. Really love listening to that guy we has to say. He still like he said Jalen Waddle was the closest thing to Tyree Kill he's ever seen, so
0: yeah, I like I, I don't lump him in with like the
1: Hayward's that. Bay, but like that's the difference of you know consuming information That's why we have these conversations, you know, like that's why this is fun to talk about and go through. So yeah, and
0: I'm definitely not the, the best prospect evaluator, so I like hearing um, people who are way smarter than me's opinions on like takes like that. So I don't know, you it, love Zay Jones, I, what? I was, i'm we're, just we're in the opposite yeah, five guys had to bring <laughs> like it how up, dare you all put Rhodes, on air
1: all roads lead back to elijah Moore somehow in our conversations uh it feels that i way. think it, it's it's got yeah we need to like black out his name on the spreadsheet for a minute so it just doesn't because i'll glance over and it goes right to elijah Moore. uh one thing that i wanted to maybe like rant or harp on about is i the not the way the niners are using debo samuel is great for fantasy but i hate it and if he hurt his groin like why are you giving him carries out of the backfield we need
0: a, we need a, an NFL award for uh, like positionless players for like, you know what I mean? Like Cordell Patterson types and Devo Samuel types. There's probably guys in the defensive, like who play edge linebacker, et cetera, or safety. Yeah, corner. Mike, or Mike
1: Parsons is one of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I, that would be a fantastic award to, uh, to hand out, but
1: yeah. Like, uh, There'd the, be so much
0: diversity in it, but
1: sorry. The leading, leading candidates for you've been pronouncing my name wrong uh all this time is donald parham
0: that would also be a good uh i know a good award
1: yeah i'll the, the end of the season awards will be fun because we've definitely had a lot of i have no idea who this player was before uh, so that might be more t-
0: of a what is the, what are the yearbook things called
1: <laughs> like uh,
0: uh like best hair like you know what you
1: know what i'm talking about? Yeah, yeah 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 we did last year i don't know if you i don't think you're on yet um there was a couple Jets wide receivers, and then the one guy for the Texans who put up like a couple. Chad,
0: oh, what's his name?
1: I already forgot Williams. That. And then there was Jeff Smith for the the Jets was one of the like I've never heard of this guy before. And basically, those all come out uh, when I'll have a game on and my wife is watching with me, and she'll be like, "Who is that?" And I'll be like, "I have no idea." And so that sticks in my my brain because I feel like our depth of knowledge about nfl players and who's on what roster is pretty deep compared to the average person Uh, my
0: my wife and i were on a road trip and we're uh, playing a game where we were going through every nhl team and she was trying to name um i want to say three players on each team or something along those lines and uh we were at edmonton and i was like who's who's the goalie for edmonton and like it's not necessarily an easy easy answer mark tamper No, no no close um and she, like she had no idea so i was just trying to give her hints and i said boring name and she said the most boring name that she could think of which was mike smith and she was right and it was like the funniest fucking <laughs> thing because like, she's like wait what And i was like yeah and it was uh we were howling so that's awesome but, yeah yeah i thought that was a relevant story yeah and you know we gotta- this, uh, so i'm pretty much done my rankings i'm at the like the bottom fifth like I've almost done the top 50 wide receivers and ho- like 50 to 80, all the same player. Like not, they're all just the exact same to me. I want to put them yeah. all in the same tier, not even rank up. Like I thought it's a, uh, just so hard to the rank in, in and here. just
1: put it in a tier.
0: Like what? Like Jalen Rager, Amon Ross, Ra, St. Brown, like Donovan people, Jones. Oh. Like, like, it, like
1: I want Amon Ra to like produce with all the snap. Like his, sna- he's getting all the snaps.
0: Someone traded a second round pick in a, in my league this week for him. And I was like, you saw enough recently that you're like, I want to see, I want Amon Ra right now. Oh,
1: well, I so turned what? it away Fryermuth to you in a two tight end league for what turned into Amon Ra St. Brown. I think Kenny Gainwell. Which and you probably regret that. <laughs> well, yeah, it's two tight end. Kind of <laughs> the starting tight end for the Steelers moving forward. I probably saw that gap and
0: was like, I need to make a move right now
1: well we were we were going back and forth a lot about it and i was like the i although i like fryer moose i also didn't have any exposure to gainwell or
0: aminra at that point and i wanted those two mr moose is now my Titan end seventh he's, yeah and I, we got pitts kelsey hawkinson andrews waller kittle moose i'm surprised moose. you
1: didn't move him ahead of kittle just to see
0: how red my face would get during this conversation tempting very tempting he's had <laughs> a no advance which i think was uh is of note. Like we've been a huge Noah fan. At least I have been just with like that. Athleticism alone. Right. But that offense is mean, hey, difficult where it's like anyone it's Teddy Bridgewater for just spreading it out. Right. Like it could be one week. It's Albert O one week. It's Jared Judy. One week. It's Cordell Sutherland. One week. Tim Patrick. And he's a Hawkeye. So let's go.
1: Uh, I one thing you though, so listening yeah. to the, the audible. So Cecil Lammy, you know, he works with the Broncos as well. And he just has talked. He talked about how just how bad Noah Fant was playing when it comes to like being lined up correctly, false starts, things like that. Yes. Uh, so that and I, those little things, when you hear that from somebody who's following the team and you see that, that because he's going into it's his third year now, he these things shouldn't be happening anymore. No. Uh, and if they you are they- still continue, like that's a, such a negative sign to me as a dynasty asset.
0: No, for, that's trending more towards David and Joku than like the Travis Kelsey type. Like, that's not what you want to see.
1: Yeah. I mean, David Joku is a great example. Like, you can't be a tight end who's just athletic. You have to be yeah. good
0: at football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and you have and, to uh, be dedicated and to your craft and wor- wor- willing to put the time in and all that stuff. Like, it's there's so much to being an NFL athlete that's harder than just being the biggest fat, like bigger, faster, stronger type of thing.
1: Yeah, which is typically because you have to be bigger, faster, stronger as a tight end to really boom in general, and then you also have to be smart. <laughs> it's yeah, a very, have, very difficult position.
0: Yeah, because you're—it's not just you're not learning just a wide receiver position; you're learning an O line position, right? Like it's—it's it's probably one of the toughest positions in football. Yeah,
1: agreed. So shout out tight ends.
0: Shout out. Yeah, honestly, it's a uh, tight end academy. You guys, I love that they do that. Um, I mean, quarterback's probably the get... toughest
1: position, but when we're talking about the, the tight end, everything all get should be outside of Off
0: season to all better each other. Like I, uh, that is fantastic.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the, the tight end community is getting tighter, Tight end and you? tighter, and I don't oh, see it coming it. to an academy? end. There we tight end university. I think it is. They call it tight end you, I believe. Yeah. yeah tight
0: end you. People, and they like, all go and they work on their so craft like like and they all go and pound beers together yeah and probably, they probably probably like compete in that too it just could own, would be fantastic to watch do you imagine being in that bar
1: i mean just with a bunch of like physical freaks all like, just like me, sir, shotgun and you, beers
0: excuse me sir can you tell that table to calm
1: down uh I, i'm sorry sir i can't i'm trying to enjoy my meal. <laughs> i can't <and> i won't <laughs> <laughs> like no i
0: value my life sorry
1: yeah uh what was i gonna say too with uh like, tight end also seems like the biggest bro club out there. Yeah, it's
0: a, and, like, it's offensive line second, probably.
1: Yeah, uh, they're – yeah, they, uh, I just feel like somehow, like, the tight ends are going to have more, like, diamond ear piercings. And, uh, yeah, anyway.
0: Is there so, – are tight ends mentioned in the – Do you ever hear your speech? What's the – fucking – this is gonna really – why is this bothering me? Who's the – Oh my God! Who are you? Okay, Denny, you're not gonna Denny give Denny me any hints. Okay, the Denny Carter. Oh, yeah. Tweet of like the wide receiver, um, what, like the the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, like the type types of tweets they make.
1: I've not seen that.
0: Yes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like quarterback tweet, it's like oh praise Jesus. Um, running back tweet, it's like <laughs> oh like respect the grind. And the wide receiver tweet, it's like the God like the devil sleeps at night or something. <laughs> it's oh. like one of the most famous tweets in fantasy football it's like it's fantastic you but know i don't know I don't know. Twitter, I don't know if tight end is i don't know if tight end is on the tweet but if if it's not they would be like just loving each other to, like each other t- tight ends but
1: yeah it would be it's the uh, that like brotherhood
0: yeah exactly yeah <laughs> hey brother. man i gotta find i gotta find this tweet i don't know i don't even know what to search so every uh, a time a wide receiver makes a cryptic tweet, that gets quote tweeted to it. It's, so that's why I'm like shocked that you didn't see it.
1: Well, I got you pull up to old tweeters. Let's see what's going on out there. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta pay, more, pay more attention.
0: What are, you, what are you doing? Yeah. You're not, you're not on the Twitter version enough.
1: I'm not. It's too toxic.
0: It's not bad. Fancy, yeah.
1: I know, but when you haven't gotten into it yet, and then you go into there and you see a lot of things, and I tend to like. When I go in, I'll read like all the comments on something and I'm like, I really oh, I don't, don't to even get into it. I just
0: like sit on the outside and read. It's doom yeah.
1: Well, cause it's a good place for information. Uh, and I think it is, you know, even with the Mike Tomlin qu- uh, quote that came out and was misquoted and that blew up. I think we need to be very, very careful, uh, how we share information and what we pay attention. Like when you go and you tweet something from a press conference, there's actual value in that to a lot of people. And I think we definitely need to be a little more careful with our words.
0: Fair said, fair said.
1: Anyway, Can't that. Uh, I was looking, I was just looking at Peter Howard's rankings on, on DLF. Cause I, I really Peter like Howard. Peter Howard. I, I find him hilarious. And everyone who he works harder too. Yeah. Yeah. And also he comes on our podcast every year for the the draft show. Yeah. What an uh, absolute beauty. He's been a – yeah, he's been really nice to the Fantasy Joes. Uh, yeah, no, we, we all our love, lifetime. We love Peter
0: Howard, for sure.
1: So one one uh, player I think that's a good, like, sell window to maybe acquire one of those guys you were talking about who's injured would be – so he has James Robinson at running back 12. He's a big James Robinson, like, truther, though, and believes in James Robinson, that James Robinson is really good. And I don't disagree with him there. And there. Yeah, for exactly. But, but if you can find – because James Robinson's next year's value is going to decrease immediately, no matter what, with Etienne coming back, right? Like this off season, a little bit.
0: Like he has like, to decrease, but he's going to have a role. Like I feel like that is, yeah, yeah. And I, at this I, point, I, just I, what he's shown. And, and I agree. Stuff. Yeah.
1: But if you can move a James Robinson for a contender who has that Dobbins, Acres, Etienne, you know, and yeah. kind of figure out some deal working there, like for one of the injured running backs, uh, I think you're at least lining yourself up for a nice value bump in the off season, where then you can maybe make a different move because he.
0: James, James Robinson, Robinson or 2023 first. That's mid around mid. It admitted it has to be the first, right? Like it's not even close It's completely random. <laughs> yeah. it late. I feel like it's Ooh. like, it's still, it, I'm leading the first, I think. But like, if I'm competing right this very second, I would, I would, con- would want to ride him out. And then if I get yeah, that I, first I'd, in the off season, like I would to. want that, but that's easier said than done.
1: I like the value of getting that first for the future. Cause again, that's movable. And especially if this rookie draft doesn't pan out the way a different player in your league wants that 2023 first is probably gonna be more valuable than James Robinson in those conversations.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I think that's, uh, yeah, I, I, me personally, my gut initial reaction to that is 2023 first. Uh, and I'd, I'd be happy to be wrong though. I want yeah, James, James, James Robinson, Robinson well.
0: has just, he's exceeded his value pretty much every year. He's been in the league, right? Obviously only two it's years. Only the second but, year. I mean, yeah, exactly. Not and Last year, he came in having
1: no value, so and it ended up being
0: an RB1. It's kind of a beating a dead horse at this point, but I think everybody knows that as a UDFA, he only has a three-year rookie deal, and he only has one year left, and then he is going to potentially be a free agent unless he does sign an extension or what have you. So it's kind of hard to predict, and that's kind of why his value is kind of maintaining, even though everyone knows ETN is there in Lumen.
1: Yeah, like I have, I have I think,
0: ETN. I think I like RB13 or something. I'm not going to check on this very second. But Well,
1: the reason I mentioned I It's you with that, too, is I think he's the easiest to acquire out of him, Cam Akers, and J.K. Dobbins, the young three that are all hurt this year. Uh, yeah. Because he came in, I feel like, with more question marks. I'm still a big fan of him, but he isn't the exact same. Like Dobbins and Akers have shown that they can be full-time NFL running backs. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. And I think Dobbins going into next year is – Uh, you know he's going to be a a top 12 running back pick because of that offense that they're on and if he's healthy especially with our lack of fears about ACLs
0: unless unless they draft or bring someone else in which is entirely possible because are they going to want to go into next season with two guys coming off of major injuries you know what I mean like that's maybe they bring in a a guy but
1: they're gonna they're gonna draft somebody in the fourth fifth round that we're gonna like and I'm gonna want to require that guy too
0: yeah but get fourth fifth round running back like those are the guys you're going to want in the rookie in the third fourth round of your rookie draft, but you're not going to actually pay too too much for. It. And those guys shouldn't shouldn't change the value of the top elite guys like J.K. Dobbins yet. Like this, is was my main argument for why I thought Miles Sanders was a massive buy because I didn't think that Kenny Gainwell draft capital and our investment was worth um, moving down Miles, uh, Miles Sanders which I agree with that process. Obviously it was just a wait and see approach, just um for Kenny Gainwell, like what opportunity he was going to get. And after we saw that, okay, the draft capital is not going to matter as much in this case, you move Miles Sanders down a touch and move Kenny Gainwell up. And that's, for me, I just want to wait and see. Um, same approach in this case with the Baltimore yeah. offense. Yeah.
1: I mean, do you think that you think Baltimore wouldn't kill right now to have Elijah Mitchell or Khalil Herbert in that backfield?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like they would be, um, James Robinson type performers I would think like uh, I mean Baden. yeah I
1: I would love to see have had them take Khalil Herbert he's he yeah he was so the RB1 for he was the Bears
0: 17 for 17 weeks in in Baltimore he would be James Robinson level guy where it'd be like cash yeah. over first because like obviously you know Dobbins is there like get what you can get for the guy but this year he is going to be the a league winner potentially for what you paid for him
1: yeah yeah and uh, it is, that's uh, Chris Harris said, Khalil Herbert looks like, a, like Aaron Jones when he came out. So I think that'll be a fascinating watch too because David Montgomery might not be there forever in Chicago as well. Uh, so it might have to be you know, a little bit more wait and see because as soon as Montgomery came back, they fed him the rock quite a bit, uh, which I was, I was surprised by his workload when he first came back.
0: Yeah. Anyway, yeah. uh,
1: any, uh, any prospect talk?
0: Oh, I don't. Uh, I wish I watched more college football, but it's been hard. So I think I don't I believe the Patreons are aware of that. I got a new job and I'm working four 10 hour shifts, decent, de- decent commute um, either way. So it's my day is pretty much taken up. But luckily, the weekend's still there. I still get to watch majority of football. But it's just been uh, it's been hard to keep up. So luckily that's why i completely agree with your like your advice earlier that if you get a chance and have the opportunity to make your own rankings highly suggest it because just this um, experience today me going back and changing everything i am realizing like just my perspective putting it to paper it's way easier for me to visualize it and actually put my takes into action or actually formalize an opinion on some of these guys so um when it comes to trade offers, et cetera, dealing with dealing with your own leagues. If you if you have your rankings in front of you and like you can notice from you see, okay, I don't have a huge gap between these players and I can get a value here. Or wow, I'm surprised how highly I have some of these guys. Maybe I should acquire more. Um I think it's definitely worth it to, to try and do.
1: And it's great for midseason trade talks. I love midseason trade talks, but I haven't done as many this year. And it's because when uh, we talk, go, go back and forth on trades, it takes a lot of thought power to do that. Yeah. So if you have your own rankings and you kind of have a cheat sheet ready, uh, it, it a lot would make years. the experience, it just makes it more enjoyable. And that's what we're mm-hmm. here for.
0: Nope. Can't, uh, can't disagree there. And if you are a Patreon, well, you obviously are here listening to the show. I, unless we end up putting this for everybody, which is a possibility. It's a pretty good show. I'd say, um, Yeah. Check out the you rankings. Move, so this is going to be the first update in quite some time. So I apologize to everybody for the long wait, but I hope you, um I hope it's just in time for your trade deadlines. I hope they haven't passed already. I know a lot of mine already have, but yeah, it's uh this is the time of year to either go in, not just go win your championships, but build towards that dynasty, right? Like get, get those moves where you're not making too big of a difference season wise, but you're making a decent jump fantasy, but uh, value wise, to these veterans, but so you're acquiring that young asset as well. Like, I, I love that piece of advice, um, from earlier in today's show, and I would try to make act take action out of it for sure. Yeah, and
1: the it's another kind of player that we harp on all the time. I think one of the best pieces of advice coming from your rankings in our discussion is don't undervalue Elijah Mitchell the rest of the season moving forward. I think he might be the cheapest piece to acquire for an actual dynasty asset and dynasty move.
0: Yeah, you might you might try to get out of him now thinking second round, uh, six round pick. Don't want to get James uh, Travis at but come next year he could easily be an, an RB one in fantasy. Why, why did I cash out for a second plus a like a Palmer, like a Josh Palmer or something like that? Like if you're gonna cash out, you better get a, a good return because this guy seems like the real deal to me.
1: Yeah, agreed. And
0: uh, I think that should be the show. Yeah, uh, you know, we went for a while. It's, it's not too long. Fantasy Joe. And uh, everyone Everyone wish Ryan And his family the best Yeah they, We didn't talk out. about it
1: Too much But yeah. Ryan uh, We'll let him share When he comes back on But uh, just uh, You know Give your T's and P's Yeah Your Your positive vibes that's Your good feelings Send them towards The Leverian Household. We'd be much appreciated And uh, Now that's, we uh, are. that's I guess we wrap it up He's Jake Patterson at takes with Jake, I'm Will Greenwood at Face Jones for Will, Will. He is Ryan Liverman at World Librarian. I don't have these all in front of me, so and then we are at the FF shows Hit us up on uh, Twitter, hit us up on Patreon. If you want to message me, probably use a different method than Twitter, but uh, I'll try my best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I need to get your cell phone number at some time, Jake. Not live on the air, because. Steve and Dave will take that and run with it. Oh,
0: yeah. I already got enough uh, long-distance spells. Salespeople are the worst of my, right? <laughs> <laughs> got them. Why does that matter? <laughs> <laughs>